With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jokic wanted a foul. Oh, oh, oh. Well, he's got tossed down there. Oh, my gosh. Well, no Jamal Murray hurt. And now Jokic letting the emotions carry over. He doesn't get free throws. Doesn't get calls. You're listening to The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to The Dig on this sad and somber day. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Ooh, somber. I like what you did there. Weaving in a little Jokic hometown. It was very intentional. Mm-hmm. It's from somber, going back to somber. So, the Nuggets are dead. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter the last couple days, but it's over. Season's done. It's been real. Feel free to jump in. <laughs> um, I completely disagree. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, I completely disagree. Um, it was at the end of the six-game winning streak that we just had, where. Uh, we were writing something about their schedule going ahead. And, and I thought everybody's way too high on the nuggets right now. The, the six game wing streak actually didn't prove too much to me. And if things are about to get bad and then everybody's going to be way too undervaluing the going from overvaluing the nuggets to undervaluing them, um, going into the playoffs. So, um, I don't think it's going to get much better from here. I know we'll have some wins in there and some losses in there in these last five games, but um, I, I think I think perspective is really necessary right now, and I think our chances of winning a first round playoff series is really high, and I think we have a good team. I think we have a great team, and I think uh, the future is <laughs> as bright as ever. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily falling into this hole that I see uh, anytime I open up Twitter or. Facebook or Instagram or any social media. Um, I think it's a little, little out of line right now. Yeah. Fortunately I've avoided, uh, the Nuggets subreddit. I've heard that's just a total cesspool at the moment. (laughs) So if, if you're on there, uh, cheer up guys, seriously, they're going to win 53, 54, 55 games. The subreddit is a, uh, is an interesting place. It's not always a quagmire. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a place you don't want to own real estate in, but go ahead and do the Airbnb from time to time. It's really worth it. All right, so we're going to get to reality today and talk about whether the, or not the Nuggets are a sinking ship. The theme. Uh, a lot of people claiming it's over. National media especially has just now, at this point, completely written off the Nuggets. They are not a threat to anyone ever this year. Um, if you read the, the headlines, the tweets, the takes, um, they are an, 
historically overrated second seed who will most likely lose in the first round. So we want to look at whether that's the case or not. Um, there's definitely some uh, causes for concern. Uh, are these long-term causes for concern? Are they short-term? Uh, are they things that could sink this ship in the playoffs? Uh, or maybe even things that need to be uh, taken into account as the team uh, continues its its building process into next year. Um, but we're going to look at a, a number of these topics and things that are coming up and, and some of the players and decisions that are receiving criticism right now and look at whether or not those things are justified. Over, under. All right, Jeremy, let's do some over, under. Over, under, Jokic getting ejected 0.9 more times this season. I think his last one here really, I think it caused a stir. Um, and I, I'm willing to bet that he doesn't get ejected again. I'm willing to bet that he kind of holds it down. Um, I think what's more likely actually it would be that Malone gets ejected here. Um, we know that they did kind of talk to each other. Um, we know that Jokic is getting the worst calls ever and that he wants somebody to kind of speak up for him. And Malone has done this in the past, um, not recently, but um, it's definitely something I could see. If our question was, was Malone getting ejected 0.9 or more times, I think I, think I would actually take the over on that. But, but these, these games are coming down to the wire. The season's coming down to a wire. I guess more than anything, I just hope that, that Jokic is under 0.9 more times. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the over that somebody gets ejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the under that it's Jokic. So you, you mentioned Mike Malone. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Paul Millsap get thrown out. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's going to, somebody's going to step in here. Uh, a veteran who's respected like Paul Millsap, I think would be ideal. Um, somebody who's down there watching Jokic get punched in the face right in front of him <laughs> and not get a foul call. Uh, I think uh, I think Millsap might might make a play here that that could have a lot of impact and maybe even more impact than than Mike Malone. Um, but I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Malone gets tossed to in a different game. Uh, something has got got to be done to draw some attention to this, and we'll, we'll talk more about this in a little bit. But um, I mean, Jokic in that Wizards game was getting just absolutely molested and was not getting a single foul call and. Uh, in in an era when you see James Harden get breathed on and get foul and get and get three free throws, um, it, it's completely unacceptable for a star of his caliber to get beat up the way he does and not get foul calls. And this isn't a guy like, you know, I, I've heard comparisons to like how Giannis doesn't get calls. Well, Giannis is it plays it, just an incredibly more athletically aggressive style. Um, Giannis is a very physical player. He's kind of like LeBron and Shaq that way, who they're constantly um, running into people and getting run into and, and and bumping people and stuff, and they're just monsters. Jokic has much more of a finesse style. He plays much more like a guard. Um, and and while he does get, you know, he's down low, so he get, you know, there's some of that going on, obviously. Um, he's also getting hit a lot just on jump shots and stuff, and it's not getting called. Um so yeah, hopefully I, I'm 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 with you. I'm hoping somebody gets ejected. That's what my my hat's in the ring for a hopeful two ejections. 
from either Malone, <laughs> Millsap. Um, maybe maybe I tease in in the fourth quarter and starts jawing. I don't know something. I, we need some veterans to step in here. Some guys with, with some credibility to to do something. Yeah, that would be great. One of those three guys, really Millsap or or Malone, I think. But um, next question over under. Jokic getting rested one and a half games. Uh, I'm going under on this. I, I think the time has passed to rest him. I think uh, we talked in our last episode, uh, which was kind of a while ago now, actually, because we skipped last week. Um, maybe three weeks ago. We talked about Jokic being rested during the Knicks game, potentially, as kind of a a sweet spot on the schedule for something like that. Um, that didn't happen. Uh there's been a couple of blowouts where he hasn't had to play full minutes, but I, I think with five games left and against pretty much all playoff teams, except for this last game against Minnesota, we're probably not going to see him rested. The one exception I could see is maybe that Minnesota game, the last game, if there's no seeding issues at play, or if the Nuggets want a lower seed <laughs> because uh, of a, a more favorable matchup or something, um, then maybe he gets rested that final game. So that would still be under game and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm I'm also taking the under on this. Um I I expect him to get one game of rest here. Um but at this point we're a game and a half ahead of Houston who has an easier schedule than we do. Um although it's not a, a walk in the park at this point, I think um I want to get into that with our next question, but um but I I think I could really see the Trailblazers uh one of the Trailblazers games being one where he gets rested because I don't think that they're, I think Houston's going to be closer to us. I think Portland's going to be right behind them and it would be advantageous to us actually to potentially give Portland uh, the number two seed. If we have enough room for that. Um, I, I, I would expect if we win the Spurs game, then I would actually expect maybe Jokic gets sat in, in the first trailblazers game. So, um, but that would still put it under one. I, I, I don't see that last game. You mentioned the Timberwolves game. Maybe, uh, I, I think that could probably wind up being pretty important. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with under one or under one and a half. Yeah. See, I'm kind of even wondering if Jokic is the one that needs to be sitting. Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of feel like some time for Gary Harris might be helpful. Absolutely. He's, He's not right. Yeah. You for sure would have to stagger it. I mean, obviously you can't sit them, sit them both. I don't think. Um, even in that last game of the season, but yeah, maybe maybe one of these back to backs. Maybe, yeah, maybe one of the Portland games. I don't know, but but if there's some way to to help uh, Harris get his head right, that could be useful. Over under the Nuggets getting the third seed in the West. Uh, definitely going over here. Strong over. Um, I think there's no chance that they fall to four. And I think there's a, I'm calling it an 85% chance that they still hold on to two. Um, so, I mean, if you look at the schedule that's left, like I mentioned, they're, they're a game and a half ahead of Houston. Um, the Rockets play, they have four games left. Um, two of those games, okay, two of those games are bad opponents, the Knicks and the Suns. Let's just go ahead and chalk those up as wins for the Rockets. But the other two are the Clippers and the Thunder. Um so and they're both away games. So um, the Clippers are three and zero against, uh, or two and zero against the Rockets this season, 
and the Thunder are two and one against the Rockets. So you have to believe that one of those is going to be a loss. Honestly, maybe even both of them. Um, and then, and then the Trailblazers, uh, they have, um, they had the Grizzlies tonight, um, and, and they, they wrap up the season with the Lakers and the Kings. So really their only real competition is the Nuggets. So this is why it was such a shame for Jokic to, uh, to give up the last almost four minutes of that game against the Wizards. If, if we had won that Wizards game, we would be sitting in the driver's seat right now, potentially for, I think, handing the the trailblazers the second seed but because of the way things happen there um it's it's not so nice we can't uh have our cake and eat it too or is it make our cake and eat it too that's gotta be the one of the worst sayings i've never understood that saying but <laughs> but everybody knows what the point you is. also just used it wrong i think so you should probably well, okay, just the, drop what i was trying <laughs> I'm gonna do one illustration today. You hate and I'm gonna get it. it you wrong. don't know how to use it. I'm like I'm like Gary Harris's field goal percentage right now. Uh, so they they were in a position to not only basically have the second seed secured, but also to be able to dictate who who gets the third seed. That that's what I'm saying, and, and we don't necessarily have that anymore. Um, a lot depends tonight on um, on how the the Spurs game goes. Um, as well as uh, as the Trailblazers game. Yeah, I've got it as a push. Um, I think they're going to end up with the third seed. Uh, I think Houston wins out, or maybe loses one. And I think the Nuggets are going to be on a tough a tough stretch the rest of the way. Um, so if the I want to take if the Rockets issue, hold on if the Rockets lose one, that would require that the Nuggets go four three three. No, four. Two and three. Yeah, two and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I that's what I think is gonna happen. So I think they lose tonight. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get blown out tonight. Even as good as they've been on on back to backs, um, they they just don't have it right now. I don't know. They didn't uh, they played a competitive first quarter yesterday. As soon as they faced a little bit of adversity in that game. They completely crumbled. The shooting is just absolutely atrocious right now, and that it's not going to just change today. Um, it, it's going to take a, a bit to get that going. Um, it might it might take a playoff matchup with maybe a, a renewed focus. I don't I don't know I don't know what's going to work here. But uh, after they hit their first two threes last night, they said on the broadcast the Nuggets went one for twenty from three. Um, Golden State was playing pretty good defense, but a lot of those looks were fine. There's there's no excuse for for that kind of shooting. Uh, I I just think I think the Nuggets are going to limp in, and I I don't know what that means. I mean, you want you, you really hope that the your team is playing their best basketball of the year going into the playoffs, and unfortunately, that's not what's happening here. They have five games to turn it around, so I mean, I'll, I'm hoping they will. Um, you know, maybe they can get right against Portland. You know, Portland just had that big injury with uh, Nurkic, and he was a huge problem for them in the previous matchups. Uh, you know, maybe that'll loosen some things up and give them some some good looks, and and they can get into a rhythm. But I'm not counting on it, and and so now I'm 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 thinking it's you know it's really just going to depend on on matchups. Um, how the first round goes, but Houston's playing their best basketball of the season right now. Uh, they're on fire. They've been the best team in basketball probably for the last 
a month or so, maybe the, them in the Bucks. Um, and I, I don't, I don't see any reason for that to, to to cool down. And I think they really have their their sights set on taking it to the Warriors. Um, they're 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 in it to win a championship this year. So I I think. I think they're going to finish out strong enough to to take the two seed from from Denver. I think that's important to them, and I, I just don't see Denver being able to hold that off. So I guess this kind of goes into um, I'll save my retort. This goes into uh, our next over under, which is two more wins for the Nuggets, and I'm taking the yeah. I'm taking the over there. Um, so I mean I think tonight the Spurs game I think that's a fifty fifty game. Um, I think I think that you no disrespect, but I think that you have. Uh, a case of short-term perspective right now where it's been bad and ugly and and you and you're feeling that more than what the reality is with this team outside of the Wizards game which we did not have Jokic in the last the closing four minutes um, outside of that game they lost to the Warriors and the Rockets that's who they lost to two of the top four or five teams in the NBA um, so the Spurs are not one of those teams. The Nuggets are a better team than the Spurs. So uh, given tonight's on a back to back, I still I still it's at home. I give them 50 50 tonight. Um, the Trailblazers to me, those are both 50 50 games. Um, we have one away. We have one at home. The Jazz game. That's a 50 50 game to me. Um, and then uh, to close off the season with the Timberwolves, that's a game we absolutely I, I would expect to win. So. So that one plus four games that are 50-50 to me, I'm taking three wins here. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm doing the push and taking two wins. Um, I think they absolutely lose tonight. Um, here's, here's primarily why, is that San Antonio uh, plays consistent defense. They give consistent effort. You know when you play them, you're going to have to be smart. You're going to have to make some shots. The Nuggets are not consistent or making shots right now at all. So it's just a bad matchup for them. I think when the Nuggets are playing well, I agree with you. They're absolutely better than the Spurs. They're not playing well right now. They're shooting horrible. And it's, this is not a couple game stretch. We're in, we're into a, you know, 10 game funk right now with their shooting. Um, and we'll talk some more about some specific players who yeah, are in a longer, but, but a longer funk are, than that in a little bit. Six of those are, are wins. In, in the we'll call it a nine game yeah, that's stretch. Not, and yeah, so that's fine. They, they were also they were win. playing some some bad East Con- Eastern Conference teams, um, and 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 they also squeaked out a couple of wins. I mean, I think, and that's what how I would see it going. I, I, that's how a win against the Spurs tonight, I think, would happen. It, it, like, I don't think they have to be on point perfect Nuggets to beat the Spurs. I think they can be in a slump shooting Nuggets version of the Nuggets and still come away with a win over the Spurs because their talent is just so off the charts that even a bad night for the Nuggets is still going to be a competitive level of play against the Spurs. You throw in their need to make a statement. I, I, I think that matters a lot. I think I want, I want you to put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> Let's make a bet on tonight's game. <laughs> You're More calling me out the, for my short term perspective. I'm yeah, calling you yeah, out. That, that was it. For your, no thinking the Nuggets are so much better than but San Antonio. <laughs> That's basically what I said. Um, <laughs> what? Sure. Well, yeah, whatever. Okay. All right. What are we putting on it? Um, we're going to be in New York. It's in important a while. our listeners know this. All right, Jeremy. Uh, loser buys the winner and the winner's wife <laughs> pizza at, and drinks at Joe's in Brooklyn. 
All right, that sounds pretty perfect. But because you agree, if they lose tonight, and then we, we have the two Portland games, yeah. let's say they split that, they can easily lose to Utah, right? And then we're and then we're Minnesota for that third win. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, if they lose tonight, tonight I think is the most important game of the of the, of the season that's left, actually. Um, I mean, you know, barring the last game, like last year, coming down to basically the the playoff spot or not, um, where they could either slip to three or two, depending on whether they win or lose to the Timberwolves. Uh, tonight also includes the Trailblazers at the Grizzlies game, which I think changes some things, too. Um, I think if the Trailblazers win and the Nuggets win, that then... Oh, and the Rockets play today as well. They play the Clippers tonight. So if Trailblazers win and Rockets lose, all of a sudden the Trailblazers are ahead of the Rockets. And if the Nuggets win, then they find themselves slightly back in a position where losing a game to the Trailblazers might actually be in their best case scenario. And since they have two back-to-back games, that allows the Rockets to play yet again in the Knicks just to kind of feel things out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let me let me ask you this. So, in these Warriors games, um, the the Warriors have clearly been making statements to the Nuggets. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think there's any question. I, I've weird. basically even heard the Warriors players say that. Um, going back to that that second game mm-hmm. and the, these last three games, each time they've played them, they have wanted to make a statement that the difference between the number one seed and the number two seed is a gaping one. Yeah, even right? their fans. I that game was yeah. was. Very unusual to me. Everybody was in that for the Warriors. I wasn't expecting that level of intensity. Yeah. What's the Nuggets statement win this year? Where where have the Nuggets had games where going into the game, it was like, this is a huge game that means a lot for seeding, for respect, something where they can really prove something and where they've gone in and they've this beaten somebody soundly. Oh, and beaten them. I was going to say this yeah. last Rockets game was a huge one. Um, and that was a lo- that was a bad loss. That was a bad loss. Yeah. Um, the Celtics game where where Murray caught on fire stood out to me because it was still early in the season and the Celtics were still seen as kind of the champion of the East, I think. And so for that was when we were questioning whether our defense was real or not, and and that was just such a big game. But I mean, no time. That's kind of of gone down, though. Yeah, and and I mean the the Celtics aren't aren't have at least as a as a regular season team, they haven't been what what we thought they would be. And I don't I I don't think you can count any game from the first half of the season, the first two thirds of the season as an important game. Not really. Like it'll never match up to a game within like the final week or two of of the playoffs. So, um, yeah. I mean, to, to me, to this tonight is the big one. It wasn't supposed to be tonight. Might be the um, 
the the accidental biggest game uh, of the season for the Nuggets. Um, but you know, there's still five games left. That's a hard question to answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I get this is. I guess my point is that. Like I, I'd have to struggle to come up with. I, I guess I would say the the Thunder games have seemed like statement games. Um, the last couple, especially because, you know, they've beaten them four times this year now, and those last two games, you know, the Thunder wanted wanted to swing things around, and they weren't able to do that. So I felt like those were kind of statement games. Those were the Nuggets saying like, no, like you know, we're a top tier team here, um, and we're better than you at least OKC. Um. But other than that, I have a hard time coming up with anything, and I, I, and especially against Western Conference teams, and to me, that's I think one of the reasons that I have this kind of growing concern and like pit in my stomach is because it just seems like they're shrinking against harder competition. Like as things are getting cranked up here against Western Conference opponents, specifically, uh, they're not rising to the challenge. And their shooting is going away, and that could be nerves. That could be feeling the pressure of the seating of uh, more playoff intensity style basketball. And that's why I'm starting to get really concerned that in a first round series, when every game is sort of the equivalent of a statement game, that it's just not going to be there. It, we're gonna we're gonna see you know three for twenty five from three every I, game. I, I just um, I I don't believe that that's who the Nuggets are, and and. So I, I, I just don't see that. I don't see them shooting bad tonight. I don't see them shooting bad against the Blazers. I don't see them shooting bad against the Timberwolves. I, I don't I don't see I don't see them being I don't I don't think the reality of what they're shooting is right now is actually what they were against the Warriors, what they were against the Rockets. I think I think those are just bad matchups. I, they're gonna they're gonna lose most of those because they're not as good at at, at it. And I think, I don't know. I think that's. Yeah, I mean, I, I. No, I definitely agree. Like, the Warriors games don't tell us all that much. The Warriors games tell us that the Warriors are better than the Nuggets. <laughs> and I, if you don't know that, or you didn't realize that um, at any point this year, or especially now, then. Um, you, you need to, to watch a little bit closer. They're, they're better one through five. Right. Like. Uh, at least, or I should say it this way, they are bigger, faster, more athletic at every position, one through five, basically. Um, and on any given night, they can every position can outplay the Nuggets' positions, one through five. Um, where where the where on the, the flip side is just not the case. I mean, um, the Nuggets playing their best basketball might be able to pull out a one point win over the over the Warriors in a playoff game. The the Warriors can play a C game and beat the Nuggets by ten. Um, I'm a believer in the in the Nuggets uh, when when they're firing on all pistons. So um, I'm I'm not as you know if they're firing on all pistons, I don't see them winning by one. I, I see them being the Warriors by by fifteen. So but. The problem is it requires a a chemistry and a and a mood on on both teams' parts for the nuggets to end up in that rhythm and so that's why it, to me they of course lose a series and why they're of course a worse team but um but I mean they, they're all human like on both sides of the court the the warriors have had some sure. really terrible losses even just in this past month 
um, because they didn't get in their rhythm or whatever. So, um, but in the end, like you pointed out, there's just, there's more, uh, strength, athleticism and one through five talent. Um, I think Jokic is more talented than, um, than Boogie Cousins, but, uh, but he can certainly but boogie. I played him yeah, last he night. He did pretty handily. Yeah. So that that's I guess what I'm saying is like there's no there's no position that the, there's there's no player on the Nuggets who has a clear advantage over a player on the Warriors one through five. Mm-hmm. Jokic is the closest to that, but even like we saw last night, Boogie can outplay Jokic in a game, or he could that could happen in several games in a row. I could I mean that's not I disagree out, with that out of the realm part. of possibility. I, I disagree. I, I, he can't outplay him. But I think if you put seven games together, uh, I'd be blown away if if Cousins outperformed him in a series. Even if even if that's the one position where they have an advantage, it's not a huge advantage. Right. And then when you go down the other positions, it doesn't change. It's your pretty point. much a clear <laughs> advantage. Yeah, yeah, your point for clear. every Warriors player. So, yeah. Well, that was um, the best, longest answer to over under two more <laughs> wins for the Nuggets I've ever conceived. Real quick, okay. This was this was mine, just because it's personal, kind of. Uh, uh-huh. Over under Vandy with one more minute than Lyles by uh, the end of the season. Uh, I'm going to take the under. I I don't think we see Vanderbilt play again this year. Um, Lyles has been the one getting minutes these last number of games. Uh, he has been. An absolute dumpster fire, <laughs> garbage, garbage player. He's been terrible for every minute that he's been on the court. He's been atrocious. Um, every time he shoots, I cringe. I can't go. I I couldn't go on l- too long about how bad Trey Lyles has been. But for whatever reason, we're gonna get him instead of just uh, Jared Vanderbilt for the rest of the season. So, so. Yeah, Lyles has been terrible. Vandy came in and I thought played well. Like there's so much potential there. I'm really impressed with him, but I am going to actually take the under here as well. Uh, I, I do think we see him again by the end of the season, but uh, I don't think he actually wins out on being first up for. And now, for some reason, a basketball haiku by Nicholas Herzog. Where, oh, where is my Willie B? A small forward who's supposed to drain threes. Fill in the blank. All right, Jeremy, let's play fill in the blank. The Nuggets' biggest iceberg right now is blank. I really like this theme. I'm picturing the Nuggets' ship uh, trying to navigate um, a field of icebergs. So iceberg being something that uh, is is worth noting on the surface, but actually is a lot bigger of a problem than we realize. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that could that could completely take the ship down. Right. But, but maybe doesn't isn't that obviously so isn't, I, isn't that as obvious of a problem at the moment. I hear a lot of names being thrown around right now, but I'm just going to sum this up as health. It's something that we know is a problem, but I, I think it has way more to do with this uh, than might be 
and it's a hard thing to talk about. It's easy to talk about somebody missing a lot of shots one night and he sucks and he needs to go or something like that. And it's a lot harder to try and break down the abstract concept of what bad health is doing for this team. And I mean, we already know that we're the team that's missed the most games out of their starters out of any team in the NBA. But just to say that we have our starters back doesn't it's not like a, a one and zero binary uh, solution to the problem of health. Um, I think of like working out your form is supposed to mean a lot. And if you don't have the strength to keep the form when you're lifting the bar or doing whatever it is you're doing, uh, you don't do it right. So it, to me, it's the same thing with, yes, we have our starters back, but Jokic is tired mentally, physically. You have Harris who's, technically back but to me his his uh his reaction his defense has fallen through the floor and you know all these guys are kind of murray is finally back out of all these guys so i, I think Millsap and murray i'm kind of giving clears to Millsap has been pretty good here um pretty consistent murray i feel like is back out of his slump not an all-star by any means but but rather free of of some of the guilt here so barton harris Jokic and these are all the guys that to me have health problems and so it's it's impacting the entire unit the entire team um just not being able to hold the form even though technically they're playing these games and they're putting the minutes in it's not the same thing yeah I think the biggest iceberg right now is their shooting specifically three-point shooting um we thought this was going to be a good shooting team. We thought we thought the Nuggets had a bunch of good shooters around Jokic, and that that was the plan because he's a great facilitator, can get these guys open shots, and then you have a bunch of dudes around him who can hit those shots. And for a lot of the season, that was the case. Do you know what Malik Beasley is shooting in the last fourteen games? Twenty-eight <laughs> percent from three. Yeah. Thirty-four percent overall. Yeah. I mean, we, he was the story in January, February. He was short, even back further than that, December, from yeah. November to February, basically. Beasley was well over 40% from three. Yeah, he was 43, over 43. Yeah. Um, he has had a precipitous drop off in, in March. And, and I, I don't know, I don't know what's caused that. Um, I don't know if he's just coming down to earth, if teams now know they have to guard him a little bit. Um, and that's why we're seeing this. It's kind of too early to tell with him specifically because he's a young player. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. What I'm hoping isn't the reason is that people just weren't paying attention to him before he had, you know, every shot was wide open and now they're not or something along those lines. Um, but whatever it is, he has totally fallen off. Uh, Will Barton's shooting has been equally atrocious this last year or uh, last month. Um, he's shooting something like 34% overall the last month, which, which is, mm-hmm. um, not going to get it done. So, and then Gary Harris, his percentages are okay, but you can just tell that he's not right. I mean, he's, he's not aggressive. He doesn't, he, you know, he's, he's, he's not hitting those kind of big wide open threes that, that can be the momentum changers in games that he's been so good at hitting in the past. I agree with you about Murray. I think Murray's been a lot better uh, the last couple of weeks. I, I've really, I've really liked Murray's play overall. He's still inconsistent, but that's just that's just the growing pains of a young player. So, 
Um, I, I don't, I don't fault him for that, but I, we've seen him definitely step into some moments. Uh, even last night, I thought there were some times the game, you know, was starting to get away, and Murray was clearly trying to do something about it, and and hit some big shots, and you know, I, I that that wasn't lost on me. So. I appreciate that, and 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 I think Millsap has been a lot better too. And and Millsap seems like, and Millsap seems like he's getting going for for the playoffs yeah. and, and getting himself right and getting the right the right mentality. Uh, he's 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 rebounding a lot better. His defense was really good last night, even. Um, but man, the the shooting from the guards and the small forward position has just really been been bad. Yeah, and basically, I, I don't think there's shooting. any way to talk about. Yeah, and I so is this is this yeah outside shooting specifically. So is this is this just a blip? You know, uh, Malone talked about this specifically as being the reason that they lost that Wizards game. I'm sure uh, he would say the same thing about the Warriors' loss last night. One for twenty from three over a stretch uh, is not what you need when you're at Golden State. Um, but is this indicative of a team that can't shoot when the pressure gets turned up, when the D gets turned up and you're playing against fiercer competition, or are they just missing shots right now? Continuing with this theme, the largest leak or hole in the boat, the Nuggets boat is? It's related for me, and I'm going to say it's inconsistent guard play. Um, and I'm going to include Barton in that because he's basically a shooting guard. <laughs> um, it just I think throughout the season – um, to me, when they're when they're playing really well, it's because their their guards are hitting shots, and when they're not playing well, it's because they aren't. And that's part, you know, Murray's Murray's been partially to blame. He's had some really rough stretches where, um, he he just was not in the game. He wasn't. He didn't look like the kind of budding star that we th- think that he is. It seems like he has righted things the last the last few weeks, and I'm hoping that continues. But now we're getting really inconsistent and often bad play. From Harris, from Barton, from Malik Beasley, Monte has been up and down a little bit here toward the end. Um, although I still, I still like what Monte brings on a night-to-night basis um, in terms of consistency more than some of these other guards. But I, I think that's the big problem here, and I think it's kind of been the problem just all along. I mean, Jokic has been pretty solid all season. Uh, he's had a couple little blips here and there, but I mean, he's been an all-star. He's been. He's been great. He gets guys open shots. They need to make them or this team isn't good. So for me, the the largest leak or, or hole in the ship is Gary Harris, which Ooh. it pains me to say. Uh, I've always been a Harris fan. I'm still a Harris fan. But it, if there's one thing where I'm pointing, I'm saying, look, water is coming out. Clearly, there's a hole there. To me, it's Harris uh, more so than than anything else here. Um, before Gushing Gary, is that his new nickname? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is not <laughs> uh, for the season. Um, the the unit which we finally have good numbers on with the starters. Um, they have a uh, plus minus of three point four. Um, per per game, and their net is uh is eight point nine. So let's just say nine, three and a half plus minus nine net. Um, with Beasley in for the season, um, in place of Harris, we have ninety four minutes of this, so it's pretty decent sample size. Two point nine plus minus, so very close to the same, and the net is thirteen point three. So so 
better. These aren't huge numbers, but here's here's the big deal to me is Harris is uh when he's in, their defensive uh rating is 106. And when Beasley is in, their defensive rating is 98.6. That's a huge, huge difference. Now it's only gotten worse since the All-Star break. Post All-Star break, um Beasley in for Harris, or or I should say the main unit is is 2.1 plus minus 5.8 differential. But when you swap in Beasley in for Harris, and, and here's why I was wondering, I was like, okay, Beasley's playing bad. But if you look at only his minutes played with the starting unit, they're at 3.7 plus minus and 18.1 differential. Again, the, the difference is in the defensive rating. With Harrison, they're at 109.2. That is bad. 109.2 per game. With Beasley in, they're at 93.6. And you just, wow. yeah, you just don't see much change with the offense, but the defense is night and day difference. And so I'm wondering if Be- Beasley has been bad, um, but. His shooting's been bad anyway. Yeah. I, I I think I think what we might be seeing is he's been basically relegated back to the bench. And so um over three fourths over four fifths of his minutes since the the uh the the break, the all-star break, have come with the bench unit. And yet and he's been bad. Yet when he goes in, you see the effect that he has in that starting unit when he's playing with them. Again, 70 minutes, it's decent. He's got 70 minutes of time that he's played with with the starters since the the All-Star break and the, they've been astounding numbers. So, I think it might be something where he kind of earned that role with the starting unit and then the second Harris comes back and he gets thrown on the bench, he kind of forgot to how to play with the the second unit. Um, and it really, he shined yeah, with I, the first unit. That's where he was really, really earning a name for himself this season. So I don't know. I, I think you've made a good argument here for benching Harris and starting Beasley. It, and it's because I it's hard because we we've talked to you about about Harris's health. I mean, I we're he- hearing rumblings about that all over the place now. That Harris is not healthy still. Yeah, and so you give him credit for trying to battle through it and play. But if he's not their best option. With the starting unit, I mean, it, for all parties involved, this could be better. If 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 Harris has moved to the bench, he's obviously going to be playing less minutes. Um, m- maybe that helps him get get healthy. I don't know if it's just a time issue or if it's like, uh, you know, the less wear and tear that he has on his body that 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 might be better for him. But so where I'm with, at it is, I'm a strong believer in in the kind of mental nature of the game and the emotional relationships of the players. And it's it's hard for me to to bench Harris for Beasley, um, although not as hard. You know, we were talking earlier about Morris for for Murray. That that one to me was was an easy choice. You just you don't do it. It means too much. Murray's play with the starters, but here I, I, I'm still. I would lean towards just cutting Harris's minutes again, and and. You know, leave him as a starter. We've got five games left, so this. So you think there's some real important, like psychological value for yeah these young players to be starters? Technically, he's technically he's healthy, so so I I'm not I'm not sure. And out of any player, I think I think Harris could deal with it uh, on a personal level, but um, just give give Beasley more minutes with the starters is is what I'm concerned about, and that doesn't necessarily have to come at the sacrifice of of Harris's 
starting position. But I'm I'm a softie. I I don't know. Maybe he should just be a starter. Beasley is making this a little bit tricky too because he's not shooting well right now. Right. If he was shooting really well still. But if you if you look at his minutes with the starters since it, it, while he's been shooting poorly, he's actually shooting well. So that's yeah. that's that's the catch there. Yes, he's been bad and yes that makes it hard to say, "Hey, put him in over Harris." Uh but the reality is when he has played with the starters, he has performed really well. And even more importantly, the starting unit has performed better together. And we've seen that hugely on the defensive side. I mean, I, I just really like the idea of Gary Harris playing with Plumlee and Monte. Yeah. I, I, I like the idea of that unit together. Yeah. And, and that and, might be, and if Beasley's better with the starters, then it kind of seems like a no brainer to me, you know, with the exception of like, is somebody going to get their feelings hurt, which is basically the argument you're making. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's also how I play my like sports video games. Like I refuse to trade <laughs> players even when they're bad or something like that. I have a hard time with and it. And you keep playing Charles Rogers, even when he's terrible. I'm Charles Rogers. I have 57 <laughs> catches, 13 touchdowns. Yeah. That guy was great for about two weeks. Um, but so you actually now have me thinking, one of the problems we have with Harris right now is that it seems like he's fallen out of rhythm with the rest of the unit. And if he does go to the bench, come to think of it, he would be one of the top dogs down there. And that might actually help him to get his, his rhythm back. Um, you know, right now he's like the fourth, the fourth option um, with the starters. Um, and we haven't seen, seen him even necessarily kind of fighting to, to try and be shooting more. So you drop him in that second unit and you say, Gary, shoot the ball, shoot the, the net off as the, much the basket. as you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that could help. I, I hadn't thought about that. All right. Yeah, and Plumley can still, can, can still make the passes. Um, a lot of them that Jokic can, I mean, he, you know, Plumley's one of the best passing centers in, in the league too. And, and he's really good on on finding guys on back cuts and stuff. So that that two man game that Jokic and, and Harris really rocked at last year, and at, at times this year, you know, he he could he could develop something like that with Plumlee. Yeah. But you know, now we're five games out from the playoffs. Like, yeah, I would hold off one game. I would say this Spurs game start Harris. If we lose the Spurs game, then then we're in do or die mode where we might actually lose the second seed, and and it might make more sense. Um, Overtly to to bench Harris, fill in the blank. Will Barton is blank to blame for the Nuggets' recent struggles. So you just blamed Harris a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some blame on Barton and say that he is largely to blame for the Nuggets' recent struggles. No one player needs to take all of the blame, of course. Um, there's plenty of blame. To go around and a lot of players that are playing bad, but something I've picked up about Barton that I would like to share with you. Please. So we got talking about this the other day and I I was saying, I think it was, I don't think it was on the podcast. I think we were just chatting about this and I was telling you that my impression was that Barton really shrinks in big games, that he's a, he's a big stats, bad teams guy. Um, not quite as ridiculous as Westbrook putting up 2020-20 against the completely depleted Lakers team last night. <laughs> but 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 a guy that generally gets that his stats look inflated because he performs well against bad teams or in games that are out of hand or whatever. That his a lot of his in other words, a lot of his numbers come 
in relatively meaningless minutes. Um, and that he, when, when he's faced with stiffer competition and, and more pressure that he performs poorly. Uh, that was just my impression. I had absolutely no evidence to go off of. I have the evidence now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. If we take a look at the games since February 28th. So we're going back just a little more than a month. I picked out the seven games that they've had against Western Conference playoff teams or teams that were very competitive, like right on the bubble. Um, that would specifically be Minnesota, who was still when they played them kind of kind of in the hunt for the eighth seed. In those seven games, he's averaging nine point seven points a game, two assists on thirty seven percent shooting from the field and two turnovers. Those are. Do you have like the minutes? Yeah, it's 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 like roughly 26 minutes a game. OK, something like that. Those are atrocious numbers and it gets worse if you take the Utah game out. So he That's had one atrocious. good game in there. That's not atrocious for 26 That's, minutes of, of play. That is not. What, those are not starters numbers. That's what Beasley's doing. Yeah, but yeah, but Beasley's not Beasley didn't get a big contract in the offseason to be the Nuggets third playmaker. I don't think money has anything to do Everybody, with this. No, it's not the money. It's not the money specifically. I'm saying he got paid in the offseason. It's not the amount of money. It's that he got a contract because the Nuggets thought that he could be their third playmaker on the starting unit. Yeah, no, I, I get your point. Right? I, I just I, I okay. don't like your word atrocious. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with that. That's word. really bad. Nine points and two assists is really For 26 bad. minutes Real, is not really bad. 37 percent shooting is really if, bad. If that's 35 if you, minutes. Hold on. It gets worse. If you take the Utah game out, which was his one good game in there. And you look at the other six games, he's averaging 7.8 points. So only the and bad And right games. at two assists so, and 30. F- no, so I would say there's only one good. Games, he's a terrible He player. only had one good game in there. If you take his one good game out and look at the other six, his numbers are uh, uh, awful. 7.8 points and two assists on 35% shooting with 2.2 turnovers. More turnovers per game than assists. That's not. This is garbage. This is absolute trash. And I, I'm so sick of these. There's a difference between it's, it's bad and I trash. Call, I got a specific. It doesn't get worse for a starter. Who? Yeah, what starter in the NBA does. is worse than seven point eight points and two assists? Actually, the Stiffs just covered this. Uh, Ryan Blackburn had an article comparing Barton to all the other uh, five man um, starting lineups in the NBA, and and he is by far not the worst. Fifth, fifth best player. I know Blackburn was looking at his entire numbers versus of the entire season versus his numbers against the other players for the entire season. Okay. I'm isolating games against good teams, but and, it's I'm, not, and I'm saying, but when they play good teams in the Western Conference, he disappears. But now we'd have to do that for all the other teams as well. Like what I know, and I haven't done that, but and I'm saying he's bad. I, I am agreeing with your point. I'm just agreeing with the severity of it. Okay. Um, pick your word. He has been subpar. He has been below average. He has been bad. I think I don't, it doesn't, to me, the label is not important. The the important part is that when they play good teams, he disappears. He's not, he's not, he's not helping them win games against good teams. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what somebody 
who you expect to be your third playmaker needs to be doing. It's not like, and I can't even isolate one thing. It's not like I can say, well, his scoring goes down, right. but he's averaging the same amount of assists. So he's, you know, still getting got, no, everything goes down like precipitously down, like in half or close to it uh-huh. when he plays against good teams in the Western conference. Yeah. And that's that is super concerning because that's important. Sure. Like that, that's what you, that's what your starters. These are the guys that are supposed to be, stepping up in the difficult games and competing at a higher level than your average bench player or your seventh guy on your team or whatever. Yeah. I, that, that is interesting. And I'm glad that you, that you did that. Um, that's something I'm going to be paying closer attention to. We have an opportunity to look at him against the Spurs, which is a big game um, against both the Portland games. And I, I think we can go ahead and drop Minnesota out of that at this point. Um, Cause they're not in it. So we can kind of see right. well, these next five games, how he does against the big teams. And I mean, actually the T wolves is really the only four team left, but um, right. yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but so it's something I just want to see, like if you look at, I mean, these games, it's 10 points, two points, 12 points, five points, six points, 12 points. And then he had 21 against Utah. Like, he should at least be able to have it. I'm not even asking for 20 points a game in all these games. That's not what I'm saying would be successful, but like he should have that game. Like last night, you know, they're struggling to get going. Had Barton been able, been able to, to generate some offense. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say Barton could have scored 24 last night because other, t- other people were struggling. Or dished out a bunch of or, assists. Or dished out a bunch of assists yeah. or something yeah. like some, something to add, add to the, to the team's chance of winning the game. But that's not that's not what we're seeing. We're just seeing him shrink into nothing. Yeah, I'm in, disappointed. In these big games, so. and and you brought up third playmaker. I saw him as as maybe even the second playmaker. I saw him maybe a, a, mm. a step up above Murray. And my whole thing with Barton was by Barton being able to take over those huge playmaking responsibilities, um, and also by being able to be a huge threat of getting the ball to Jokic where he he wants it and needs it. Um, I saw that opening up Murray as a shooter even more so and also making Murray's assists easier for him to get. And we haven't seen any of that. So, so I am, I'm disappointed. Call me disappointed. Actually, why don't I go ahead and answer it myself? Um, okay. So yeah. Uh, Will Barton is partly to blame for the Nuggets recent struggles. Um, but again, to take a step back, um, I, I think Murray and Millsap I'm, I'm giving clears here. And so I, how I would actually break it up, I would say, I would say that Jokic is one sixth of, of the blame here of the blame <laughs> pie. Barton is two sixths and Harris is half of it. Um, so Barton's just a little bit below Harris there. I, I, I think. So I guess we agree, though, that Harris and Barton are the two big problems. Yeah. yeah. I think we do agree on that. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so, so I looked up some stats, um, including these guys, and I, I'm usually more interested in in five man lineups because it to me it feels like a way of covering a lot of the intangibles that when you just focus on a, a player's individual stats you might miss out on. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm a true Jokic fan. Like Advanced Stats does its best job of of doing this. To me, the most general way of doing that is just looking at the five man lineups. Um, but so (laughs) we have 140 minutes. Okay. So the baseline, our starters, including Barton and Harris, um, we now have 361 minutes of that for this season and, uh, plus minus is 3.4. 
net is 8.9. I already went over that earlier. Um, but we also have 140 minutes of swapping out actually Craig at the three and Beasley at the two. And that unit is 4.4 plus minus. So one more. And their net is 24.9. Jeez. And what's crazy about it is their offensive rating is 126.3 while still being able to take care of the defense with a 101.4 defensive rating. Uh, so, yes, uh, to to Barton and Harris um, having the large parts of, of the blame here. And, and it's a shame that it's a shame that these injuries have happened like they have, but you have to take it. You know, if, if things were so stark that we got rid of Barton this off season, I, I honestly, I wouldn't put up a fight. Um, I don't think we're going to see that. And so I think we will get uh, nuggets hitting the stride next season um, with Harris and Barton in the flow, healthy, um, and, and I would love to see that, but at this point it is what it is. 361 minutes, the excuses, any excuses for performance and especially performance against replacement players and how your lineup does when they're in, um, any excuses against that are just way too weak. Um, it's, it's pretty clear here. Um, yeah. And Harris does have a little bit of excuse for injury, I think, because the word is that he's still injured, kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously healthy enough to play, but but he's not totally right. I haven't heard anything about th- that from uh, uh, Barton, uh, about Barton. Um, I, as far as I know, he's totally healthy, and he's played for 38 games now. That's half a season. That's plenty of time to get back into a rhythm. Yeah, I think the book on Barton right now is uh, is that he he might be basically, you know, as close to 100% as you get at the end of a season, um, but that he he hasn't necessarily changed his approach. Um, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, like his his slashing to the basket and playing under the basket just hasn't been there. And that that is classic Barton. So the fact that he's not playing that way, whether you want to chalk that up to, to physical health where he doesn't feel like he has the legs for it or or the ability to fight guys out, for it or, or whether he just mentally, whether he is phys- physically capable of it and he just hasn't developed that back into his, his mentality yet. Uh, but to me, that's not a big deal. You know, I don't know. The, the, the problem is there's no better solution here. You can run through it. I, I went through it with Craig in the lineup. I went through it with uh, the next one. We have 195 minutes of Craig replacing Barton. We have 158 minutes of uh, Ernan Gomez and, uh, Nobody on our team is able to play the three. Um, I know. So you could say and including I, Barton, but to me, it is what it is. You know, this has been – this has come up a number of times. But going into next season, this I, I think this is the main thing that needs to be addressed is we need a, a small forward. And if, hopefully Michael Porter Jr. Right. can step in. I, I just don't know if he's going to be ready to start. If he can, oh, no. I, he I, is I, ideal. I just completely but, doubt it. Yeah, so do I. So And, and also, do you really want to – do you want to go into next year with really high expectations and a and a rookie small forward who you're putting a lot of hope on? Um, probably not. It, you know, a better role for him is going to be coming off the bench, and then and then we can see what we have. Yeah, I so I still think I don't see the Nuggets really changing things, even if I wanted to. Um, going into next year with a healthy Barton, with an off season for them to to get their stuff together, um, the entire unit together. And having a healthy Michael Porter Jr. to back him up and potentially challenge him by the end of the season for the starting spot, um, 
I don't see the Nuggets doing something about that. I don't see them going and getting uh, an even like average free agent at the small forward spot or, um, you know, potentially drafting, but they're not going to have a high draft pick. So I think any changes that they would do at small forward, I just don't see actually impacting that one, two of Barton and uh, um, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. And the problem is I just don't see Barton getting better. I, like he, first of all, his numbers are way down from last year. He's 50 points lower on his field goal percentage, 22 points lower on his three point percentage, 60 points lower on his two point percentage, which is horrible. Yeah. Le- um, he's getting less assists, less rebounds and less points. He's just down all around. He's bad. He, he's worse this year than he was last year. But He's still and- a part of, of one of their best five man units. It, it's still, it still shakes out in the end where he's a positive, especially compared to anybody else in that five man unit. So it's one of these yeah, things I mean, where these it are is two different, where it is. Yeah, it's two different discussions. It's it's what you know, what's their best lineup to start this year? And yeah, I probably I don't know. I, I'm really I'm really leaning toward Beasley starting um either for Barton or Harris. Um just, you made a good argument of for him starting for Harris. Um the experimenting at this point is just crazy. I know it's like, so late. Sure, like I know Malone would be an absolute hero if he did that and it wound up just destroying other teams, but yeah, I just don't think uh it's just too late for that. And that's that's what has me worried is we, we might be limping into the playoffs with a, some guards who can't shoot and aren't playing very good defense. And that could tank us against anybody. I, I still think that we that we can beat anybody who's not Houston or Golden State. So, oh, I think we can beat them. But I just don't. It depends on what nuggets we get. (laughs) Yeah, I I I think we would beat anybody except for Golden State or or Houston. Um, I think Utah's a little iffy. Um, but I'm I'm at least fifty one percent. Yeah, the uh, this is why I'm excited about the playoffs because the playoffs are the crucible that's going to determine who these guys are. And I'm I'm ready to see that. I mean, I I'm really hoping that that they all step up to the challenge. Yeah, I see it the exact same way. Um, and it should be something for national media to finally hold on to when when you have that crucible and you and you prove something through a seven game series or or however four game series whatever. Um, that that's that's something that hopefully next season we won't have to deal with as much of this ridiculous <laughs> Candace Parker. Hopefully, <laughs> changes her opinions. Ugh. Um, or or whoever else. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Her to name see it is happen. never to be mentioned on this show ever again. <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually feeling better about the Nuggets after this. <laughs> A good hashing Somehow, out. Somehow, it's been cathartic. How are you feeling? the same (laughs) no i i I feel i feel uh i feel good because it was fun and it was nice to spend some time with you oh thanks buddy but um but my my take on uh the nuggets ability to perform in the playoffs is is still i mean it was bright to begin with so i feel good through and through i don't feel great but i feel good i hope you're right i want him to win one series so bad that's all i want well, in the meantime, you can follow me at Nick Herzog SBN, or you can follow Jeremy at Jeremy Poley, or follow us at the Dig Denver. 
Yes, and also um, the Stiffs have been doing an incredible job uh, covering the the playoff, the march to the playoffs here. So definitely check us out on all of our social media um, or the website itself.